Hi, my name's Michael and welcome to Today Dreamer, a podcast and YouTube channel that examines the interplay between inner work and outer work. Through conscious conversations and practical walkthroughs, we'll be exploring ideas and practices to help you find a deeper sense of clarity, develop your focus and take meaningful action. I hope you love the show. Welcome back to the Today Dreamer podcast. I really appreciate your presence. Today, we're going to be talking about allowing your life to unfold and not being too kind of hung up on any specific outcome, accepting the beauty of everything as it is, the perfect imperfection of things. We're also going to be discussing sound healing. I know personally, I've been struggling at times with the idea that things aren't happening the way that I would like them to happen and they're not unfolding in the time frame that I had hoped for or anticipated. And that can be quite troubling. Um, and it's been a challenge to learn to, I'm still in this process, of course, letting let things go, allow things to unfold and blossom as they may and 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 finding finding the kind of middle or the center point between exerting my proactive will and taking actions while also you know allowing those the natural way of things to be and 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 you know going back and forth between the two also i've found on my journey healing through music and music and sound to be a to be a powerful tool um in that process i, I went through some really dark times a couple of years ago and i found that my instrument the handpan which i have in common uh, we're both musicians with this instrument, um, today's guest and I. But with the handpan, I was able to kind of dive into this uh, world of sound and, and immerse myself in, in the experience of creation, which allowed me to go through my own process and really um, facilitate my healing. So I'm really thankful for the power of music to do that. And um, this is... Today's guest is Daniel Greco, who is someone that I actually, um, we've, we've been in the same circles for a while, we have the same friends, but we haven't actually crossed paths on the material or physical plane. Um, but I got in touch with him because I saw him put up a post about living your perfect day and what that may look like. And I encourage you to have a think about this as well. What might your perfect day look like? And maybe even write it out and try living it. Because that's what he did and, and that was the reason that I kind of got him on the show and it caught my attention. Uh, so we're going to be talking today about all these things and um, I hope you get something out of this conversation. I do also want to quickly apologize because uh, the sound was coming in quite loud through my headphones and I ended up kind of screaming through the, through the conversation because I was raising my volume to match the sound that was coming in. Um, so it sounds a little bit ridiculous listening back to it, um, but I'll lower it a little bit for you guys not to kind of damage your eardrums. <laughs> um, and I guess it's all part of my own learning process um, making these podcasts. I want to say this as well. If you're enjoying the podcast and you want to stay up to date with upcoming releases, consider su subscribing because I'm really trying to put some value into these things for you. And um, it will be an, a, a process of evolution where I'm going to be trying to add some creative elements into the show and make it a little bit more entertaining as well as informative so um just wanted to say that and um hopefully the yelling's not too bad uh, let's get into it and thank you again i think everyone go through like 
this phase is all up and down and like uh, feeling feeling kind of stuck in what we're doing in life or like pushing so hard, try to achieving things and not seeing the result like on the moment. I think as a human being, we are like, we got this stage where we want everything right now, you know? I, I create something in my mind, I want something and I want it right there, you know? I want to wake up in the morning and like see it there manifesting rather than like, you know, create the idea, maybe write it down and then give it time to the idea, give it space, create the space to that idea, like to take shape and to manifest, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I feel like the space is an important element and it's, it's, it becomes, I feel like personally, I only realized that, you know, something, something might not be working. I only realized that once I'm struggling and that, and then the, the idea that, that I need to create that space comes up. It's not something that, you know, you kind of plan for, if that makes sense. Yeah, de definitely. You don't plan. You create the space, I guess. I always believe like that everything is already there. You know, we're not actually creating things. Everything is already in the space. We just need to open up and like let it, let it channel it to us. So be actually ready. Making space, when I talk making space, maybe making space within us to make it space in us, within us, to allow what we want to manifest and to come through, to mm. channel it through, mm. through us. So we can like actually like get it and then, then like transform it, what, create giving shape. What kind of, um, like how would you go about doing something like that though? Because I feel as though, I, I kind of see this space as almost like a sense of stillness you know, a stillness that you can come back to, rest in, and then figure out or allow kind of the best next course of action to take place. Because if we're moving, 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 taking action all the time, it can become, um, you know, we could end up going further in the wrong direction than we might like. And, and again, that might be part of the process, but I feel like reflection is important and coming back to this sense of stillness. I wanted to know, like, what do you do to, to get there? Like, what personally, like, um, what kind of practices I, do you use? I, I mainly, like, my mainly practice meditation, right? It's a, it's a big part of my day. It's actually the first things that I do in my, in my morning routine. It's when I get out of the bed, I have a cold shower, and then the first things. At the moment, because it's winter time, I light up my chimney, my fireplace, and I sit there. And I could stay there for ages. Like when I'm sitting there, it's like my day is already accomplished. I don't need to go anywhere. I don't need to achieve anything. I don't need to hustle anything. Everything is already there. And then when you actually like get out of my meditation and start my day, I've, I have that feeling of stillness. So I can go through this vortex of thoughts, of uh, habit, of negative thoughts and positive thoughts that come and go in waves in our mind. So like with that stillness, I can navigate and trust, I guess trust is a big part. Trust through the process, trust what I'm doing, trust that whatever I'm doing right or wrong, it's leading me to where I need to be at the right moment without accelerating, you know, that willingness to be there already. I want to get there, I'll be there. It will manifest somehow if actually right now at the moment I'm present with what I'm doing. 
If I'm present now, whatever at the right moment, things will take shape, things will manifest. But of course, like everyone, I go up and down like everyone. I think that's our nature. It's actually without bad days, there is no good days, I believe. Mm. You know, like we do things, things doesn't work. We do other things, we learn. It's what we learn out of this experience. That's what our life is. It's just a massive experience, a collection of billions of experience. And there is no right or wrong. It's just like they come and they go. It's who we are. We are no wrong at all. We are perfect. Everything mm. is perfect around us. The Taoism, like, talk about, you know, and then it's nature. We need to, like, work with nature. It's the way of nature, the Taoism. Work with it. Everything is perfect. Even if sometimes it seems like a chaos. You go in a bush, you go in a mountain. It's not everything is perfect. Everything has got shape. You know, there is bush and tree and animal and dead tree and leaves and fungus, everything. But... It looks chaos, but in its own world, it's actually perfect. So you mm. actually look at things, how we try to interpret things. That one time we get corrupt. Oh, I should do this. I should do that. This one should be a bit better. I should remake this one. I'm not good enough. All these like negative thoughts. Mm. Allowing them to come and then come back and find that, as you say, that place of stillness. Let them come in through us and go out. As they come in, they go out. Don't hold on them. Yeah, I feel what you're saying, man. It's almost as if you you don't want to be um, kind of forcing a, a certain type of outcome. You want to kind of allow things to unfold. And doing your best in, in that moment, I've noticed, kind of helps that happen. You do your best, but whatever happens, it's it's kind of everything's going to be okay and everything's the way it's meant to be. And whatever mistakes you've made or whatever struggle you're having, that's part of the process that will take you to the next point. And the whole thing is this continual kind of, like you said, um, process that, that needs to take place for for whatever else is to come. I think, yeah, like we, we get tied up in certain amounts of time. You know, we want certain things in certain amounts of, t- in, in certain ways, in certain amounts of time. We also feel as though we want to kind of control the outcome and we want certain things. And even though those things may not be the best for us and it's a lot bigger than what we can conceive in the moment. That's that's kind of what I'm feeling from you, and and I really, I can really connect to that. Um, is there anything you do uh, when you notice that you're caught up in this vortex that you mentioned, and and things are getting a little bit kind of too much? Is there any is there anything you do to kind of bring it back to that stillness, other than that regular habit of meditating in the morning? Uh, it's kind of like unplug it for me. And uh, what I found another big part of my life is sport. Whether it's like go for a run, running or mm-hmm. exercise, go for a walk. I'm plugged from what I'm doing. I actually plug myself in with what, what everything, you know, with the universe and just let it be. Accept what I was doing, accept the struggle and then let it be and go back and connect with myself and go back to that place where everything is acceptable, everything is perfect as it is. There is no struggle. Going going for a walk, go running, or training alone. I do gymnastics, strength, but it can be anything. Mainly I found like release, when my mind gets stuck, release through my body. Release mm-hmm. a lot of 
tension through my body because our body holds up all the tension that our minds, our thoughts create. They all get stuck in our body somehow. And I found, I found for myself, release it through sports, through sweat, through lifting weights, through anything. I think everyone is going on little way to do it, but for me, mainly it's like go for a run or do exercise. Mm. Yeah, I think movement's definitely, definitely good, and and feeling and some like you mentioned cold showers before, like just snapping yourself out, coming through the body, and and experiencing some kind of a a feeling, um, and and movement's definitely a great way to do that. Sport, yoga, uh, like you said, um. Do you ever, because I know that you, you're quite into music as a way to kind of come to this state as well. Can you talk to me a little bit about your relationship and, and kind of the way you use music almost as a, as a therapy is, is kind of um, what I'm feeling and I can really connect to that. Can you talk to me a little bit about that? Oh, definitely. Music is, oh, it's, it's everything for me. It's medicine was make me get up in the morning, go to sleep at night. It's, it's always there, present in my morning. It's present in my meditation. It's present during my exercise if I go for a run. It's present if I'm feeling good and excited. It's present if I'm feeling sad. Music is always there, and I guess it's always been for our life as a human being. Mm. In our existence, in our culture, in our tradition, it's always been there. It's always been present. So when I talk about like, seen as a therapy is actually seen as a as a medicine a healing tools and so many culture and uh, and tradition they use it and they've been using as a as a tool to heal people to go through certain emotion through alterate our state of mind our state of consciousness and connect with higher state of beings with higher dimension for example how curandero uh, shaman from the amazon does for them, the connection, the music is the connection to the other realm, to other spirits that allow them to heal and to help them to heal other people. When it comes to me, I see for me, music is a, is a way of creating. What's, Create. this, what's this tribe that you mentioned? What's the name of this tribe? Uh, it's a, the, the Kurandero, it's basically the shaman in the, in the Amazon. Mm, mm. I see what you're saying. And, and, and I don't know, I, I read something on your Instagram kind of recently and you mentioned uh, it's a really interesting kind of birthing practice with uh, where the where partners kind of, uh, a, a woman sits under a tree and listens for the song of her unborn child and they measure the date the child is born from the moment that she finds this song or something and then she goes and sings it to the husband and then they sing it to kind of the leader of or the chieftain of the tribe and then they're kind of almost singing a song to call this being into existence i found that fascinating yeah this beautiful culture in one of the in a whole tradition in one of the tribe in uh, in central west africa they they say that they actually before the, the 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 born of the baby, the woman, the woman when she decides or she feels she's ready to give life before 
decide with his partner to having a baby or to conceive a baby, she goes outside and she sat under a tree. And in that moment, I guess, of stillness, of altered state of consciousness is where like she hear this song coming through her and she start to sing this song. And by singing this song, she's calling the spirits of this, of her child coming to her. And uh, that's basically the song of the child for the whole entire life. From when she born the people, they sing the song to, to the child. When the child, uh, he go to the stage, does to a teenager stage, they sing. When he become a man or a woman, they try to sing the song to her. It's embracing her, giving strength. As well as when she goes one day, when she pass away, she will go. At the funeral, they will sing the song. So sing, singing, you know, it's all vibration, and because we are all like energy, it's all a matter of vibration. That's all we are in the world. And music is what it is. Mu sound before music. Sound is what it is. It's a, it's a vibration that it goes there, and it's there in the air. Yeah, I, I, and it's it's such a beautiful thing when that I feel like that vibration is shared. You know, like when you create or you you create certain vibes and, and then you can kind of project that around. And you, like one, one way of using that is, is as a form of healing for others and just being around that energy when someone's, you know, playing music or creating these vibrations yeah. can be such a special thing. And lately beside only like playing music, hand pan, that's a common thing we, we actually love. And, uh, it's like learning what sound can do as a treatment, as a therapy, as a healing before, like a sound, see the sound as a vibration, as a frequency. So how we resonate with our body, how can entangle, how can create entrainment and actually heal our body because healing is just a process to our body to go to like it's reset mode to go back. As we were saying before, we want so much tension in our body and stress all go on our body, on our shoulder, on our back. So release that tension through like vibration, through sound, releasing that tension. And I found that I'm discovering actually mm. in that stage of like learning and discovering what actually sound can do as a healing tool. Mm. Like going deep in all this study, the science is now is doing on sound therapy, on sound healing, what actually the sound can do, sound vibration of gong, singing bowl, ancient didgeridoo that we have in Australia, mm. crystal bowl, they all like rhythm of the drum beating in the north tribe of the Native American. Yeah, I guess... So like, yeah. Connecting with these sounds can almost, if you if you allow yourself to sink into the energy of it, because you know every every song, every vibration has a different kind of energy pattern and a different frequency. And if we can kind of tune into that, I feel like a lot of a lot of emotions can be expressed and and things that have been kind of I guess uh, pushed down, you know, over time and and maybe knots that have been kind of tangled up can be released. I've I've witnessed this firsthand, like I've I've experienced this, so. It it sounds a little bit strange, I guess, if you if you're not familiar with it. But once you've kind of experienced this, and it does make sense at the same time, you know, like 
it, it, people have been talking about sound healing for quite a while. And if you look back at these traditions, these these primal tribes, where a lot of people might think that in some way um, these primitive kind of groups of people or communities are kind of lacking, but I feel like we may have a lot to learn from them because they've been around for a very long time and they've kind of experimented with these modalities for a while. Mm. I think it's always, it's always been there. Mm. Just in our, uh, in our human race, in our uh, evolution, mm. but we took part only the, in the techno, technological side, in the technical side, sorry, of the evolution. And we forgot more, many other things on the side because we got caught up in technology, technology, technology. So we lost so many traditions and healing practice that they've always been there. I feel like I feel like it's very powerful um, to reconnect with with these kind of things, but I also feel like it's powerful to disconnect from technology for a moment and to be able to really, you know, come back to that again that state of stillness without so much distraction and and so much noise. Do you have any? Do you do that in your life at all? I, in terms of. In terms of maybe like a social media fast or maybe you don't use any screens for a week or a month or maybe you just go back to nature and, and, and disconnect from the technology for a while. Definitely. I try to this, uh, see social, social media, internet or technology as a great tool, medicine, whatever we as a human being we discover it. It's everything it's great. Mm. It's just the modality how we use it that you actually then give the outcome of good or bad, if there you can call it. Because everything is there, if we use it in the right way, I guess it's good, like, say, think about social media, especially in this quarantine period, you know, it's been great, it's been connecting people, make them play music, hold events and talk each other, stay together, sharing knowledge or sharing information about what's going on in the world. So I guess it's a great tool seen in the right way. So to go back to your to your question, yes, I do I do sometimes take like my my break from social media. And it's great because it's good like to as you say, like to disconnect and then when you go back, you go back with a clear mind and you know what you want out of a social media platform or out of your internet research. So it's always good to do the things, step back. Do the work, step back, mm. and then allow the things to appear for what actually are. Yeah, it seems to be like a, a link between what we're talking about now to what we began talking about with being able to move and then stop for a moment, step back, and then come back to the movement. Yeah, so this is interesting stuff that we're talking about, and I feel like um, yeah, our, our paths are strangely aligned, and I really I feel that connection, and, and I, I just want to let you know that I appreciate that. Um, yeah. Totally, totally, totally. So, how did you kind of get onto this path? I mean, it, for it, it seems like it's it's hard sometimes to tra- trace the roots of this. And you said music's been present in your whole life, you know, from the very beginning, and it's always been here for everyone. Uh, but what about for you? Like, how did you how did you get onto a more clearer path? I guess because a, a lot of the time. I know personally, and for a lot of other people, when we're younger, we're kind of uh, moving through life a little bit like a zombie in a way. And 
that there takes a series of events before we can kind of begin to sort of um, open up to the beauty of, of the moment, which it seems like you're very open to it at the moment. Uh, I do, I do. As we say in the beginning, like we always have our up and down, bad day and good day, but I try to stay present and I try to trust the process, trust what I'm doing. And if I'm doing right in the right moment, in this moment, of course, in the future, if a future even exists, things will align in the right way. So my path with music, it's never been, I never... I never had like a family musician. I always listened to music. Music always been present in my life, but always been like a self-taught mm. when it comes to instrument. I had a few mentors lately which they helped me develop my skills and where I want to go in certain, uh, with certain instrument or in certain way. And that is amazing having mentor, I guess, the beautiful things. People will show you the way. And uh, but regularly always, I love music and like most of the people, you know, I want to live, I want to play this instrument, I want to become a musician, you know, I want to be famous and all these things. And then like I remember once I was talking with my grandma and uh, when I was back in Italy and I always say, you know, what you wish you told me, what you want to do when, you, when you're old or like when you're not old, when you grow up. And I say, oh, I would love to be a musician, to go around the world and play music. And then she looked at me so innocent and she said, then tell me why the world would you need another musician? And that, that kind of answer, that kind of question uh, tricked me in that moment. I didn't know what to reply, what to say. I, said, I don't know. I just like it. I will love it. I don't care if the world needs or doesn't need it. I just want to do it. It makes me happy. And then as I was saying recently, I started to discover music and sound as a treatment, as a healing rather than just entertainment. Mm. It's much more. Music, the entertainment side of sound, it's music, which is like you take the sound, you give a shape, you give a pattern, and it becomes a music. Mm. But actually, then there is sound behind. And like they heard we were saying, what you can do, like how, how we've been using sound through history and learn how to heal people through sound how to work with vibration and frequency. And then like my kind of passion for music, I love music. It kind of shift more in the healing side of the, of the spectrum. So to go back to my grandma and say, why the world would you need another musician? It's like, because music is good. Music heal people. Mm. Music give life to people, make people happy, make people release tension, release everything. Mm. But music is medicine. That's how I came across and feel like right now I'm in the moment where I really know what I would like to do with music or with sound. So even though I'm not the greatest musician, I'm not famous, but like what I do is aligned with what I believe, is aligned with my values, is aligned with my goals, is aligned to have it in my daily life, in my daily practice. So I do believe it in what I do. And when I believe it, I trust the process. And by trusting it, I allow it to happen and it's already there. Hmm. And it can't be wrong. It doesn't matter what the outcome will be. If I trust and I do with, with all myself, 
and I believe in it because it's in line with who I am, then it means to, to me I'm in the right path. Hmm. That makes sense. Definitely, definitely makes sense to me. <laughs> um, and I think that's kind of, that's the point that I, I always seem to come back to, you know, if does it feel right? Does this feel inside you and in your deeper knowing? Does it feel like you're doing the right thing and, and moving? You know, you might not be certain exactly where you're going. You might not have a the clearest picture. And that's probably better that you don't. Um, as long as you're kind of heading in the right direction and you're following your feeling rather than, you know, these other kind of forms of deciding whether something's right or wrong that's usually more intellectual. And I feel as though our bodies and our minds have a system of telling us whether or not, you know, things feel right. That's why you have these gut feelings or you have these kind of heart feelings or this intuition. And a lot of the time we're stuck in our kind of minds and we're trying to think of the most rational way to proceed with things. And if we have a problem, we're trying to really work it out and think of the cleverest way to proceed. But but nearly all of the time, I'd probably say all of the time, our our bodies and our feeling knows better. And if we can learn to connect with that, and, and this is something I'm slowly exploring and discovering myself, is going in the direction of the feeling, even if it might be kind of opposite to what my mind's saying. And I'm, I'm seeing things unravel in a beautiful way that, you know, would never happen otherwise. It's very unexpected. And that's kind of, I guess, the process of moving into uncertainty with, with faith and with, with, um, with how you feel. Yeah. yeah. Learning to listen to our body, you know, to listen to our heart mm. and learning to understand what's right for us mm. and not right for our monkey mind mm. that is telling us, you know, oh, that's all right. You should do this because then you can get that, that, and that. Mm. And we lose connection, as you were saying. Actually, like, connect to our feeling, you know, to our intuition mm. Mm. and trust that somehow it's the right path. Like so you I, said, it's always the right path, right? Exactly. Correct. <laughs> That's the right path. If you actually get connected, we always end up on the right spot, on the right path. What's actually good to us. Mm. Mm. And what's the worst that's going to happen? You're going to end up making some mistakes and you're going to figure out what you've done and that's going to help you in the next step of the journey and tackle the next storm and, and you'll be able to proceed better. So there's really... You just do the best you can and trust that everything will unfold and that's it. That that totally makes sense. Yeah. It can be a mistake only if we don't learn from it. But once you learn, it can't be can't be anymore. Call it a mistake. Because mm. you will learn it from it. Mm. So worst case scenario I did something that wasn't the right choice. I learned from it. So I know how to do it again now in the right way. Mm. So it was just a past. A part, sorry, uh, a step mm. to go through in order to get in the right point. It seems like it's, an important step as well, right? Uh, yeah, it's not only a highway. Life is not only a highway, you know. Mm. There is so many curves and straight to take and broken path. Sometimes we broke down, we get to get fixed it, and we keep going and we're learning. That's beauty, that's a, being alive. That's what it means, being alive. We breathe, we are alive. 
Hmm. I feel I, 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 something's coming to me, and someone mentioned this once. It was I don't know where I watched it or heard it or something because I watch and listen to a lot of stuff as well, and and I'm obviously trying to balance, you know, how much of that is a distraction and how much of that is actually, you know, a great way to take in and absorb new knowledge. Um, someone said once that it's kind of like uh, roots of a tree. And I love this analogy. It's kind of like the roots of a tree uh, going in different directions and, and looking for the way. And then they stop and they realize, you know, this isn't the way. So the other roots go in different directions and, and, you know, it keeps coming back to the tree. And then, you know, after everything, doesn't matter how many wrong directions you've been in, the more that you have, you kind of, you're strengthening your, your foothold on what's going on. And this will allow this kind of beautiful tree to form. And then, then the leaves will come out and doesn't matter how much the wind blows, you're kind of solid from that point. Solid from your roots point. Yeah, definitely. Unless you've done that, you know, the tree's going to fall over and then yeah, I don't know. It's it's interesting way of looking at it. So, tell me about your instruments that you have at the moment. Um, you've got a this Nagoni. I don't know how to pronounce it. This uh, African harp. I have, oh, I have two handpan. Mm-hmm. And then I have uh, one goni, Kamelengoni. Kamelengoni is a old traditional music uh, music instrument from uh, West Africa, mm-hmm. mainly from uh, Mali or Burkina Faso. How did you find this instrument? Because I've been I've been looking for one actually, and I can't I can't find where to get them from, and they sound beautiful. Yeah, they they are amazing, man. Even there, they're using in uh, over there they're using as a tradition in tradition in ritual, in funeral. So there are different patterns of ritual that they play during funeral or during weddings, or you know, bird when uh, someone giving birth. So like uh, how I came across it. Uh, I always love it, and uh, one of my, I've got one auntie, she lives in, uh, in Togo. Togo is a little country close to Burkina Faso in uh, West Africa. She's been there for over 20 years. She really? Up, That's cool. Yeah, she, she built up a children's hospital there. So she, I see her like once every three, four years, maybe like for like, what, three, four hours when she stopped eating. She's, she just gave up everything she went there. Talking about when you know what you're doing, you know what I mean? Talking about when you actually know. She knows what she, she always knew it. Some people, they always knew it. It's just one thing and they go for it. It's, it's incredible. Mm. So mm. She, she lived there and she built up. And uh, <clears throat> I remember last year I sent her a text. I was talking and I sent her a text. And I sent a picture of them going and I say, if you ever going to come in Italy and you come across, I know this instrument is from Burkina Faso and you, you usually go there to visit children. I would love if you can send the one to me. It was just out of nowhere. I would never expect it, you know, like, and I don't know why I say, yes, I'll do that. That was her answer. <clears throat> That's it. She say, okay, I'll do that next time I come to Italy. And then last summer in Europe, she came over. Unfortunately, I couldn't meet her, but she came over and she, she bought it. From Burkina Faso, she traveled to Paris. Mm. From Paris, she traveled to Italy with that instrument. Now, the, I don't know how she did, because the <laughs> instrument, it's made of like a leather, animal leather, mm. and uh, the other part, animal leather and skin. So animal, it's not really easy to make it go through certain custom. 
and as well as a big instrument that she couldn't wrap it where she was. Or Probably fragile as well, yeah? Really fragile. Mm. So she ended up carrying it in the cabin with her. And because <laughs> she's, a, she's a nun, I don't know how she did. I don't know. <laughs> she must have just walked on top of the airplane with this instrument that she's like a little nun, tall, like, I don't know. 160 centimeter, 150 centimeter with this huge instrument and working like this. And the hostess from the aircraft, they must have thought, where are you going? They said, I need to bring this to my to my knees. And uh, the captain from the airplane said, sorry, you're not allowed to bring it in the cabin, but I'm going to carry it with me in the pilot, in the pilot cabin. So the, the, That's crazy. The pilot, Sounds yeah. like this instrument was meant to kind of find its way into your hands yeah. and, and to... to... I love it. To be love with it. you. Yeah. I love it. I'm really exploring and discovering it because it's a it's a tradition, it's a oral tradition. So like it's just teach by by voice through generation. So there is nothing being written or to learn about, to study how to play. You gotta figure it out yourself, kind of thing. You gotta figure it out, you're gonna have like someone who teach you by oral, mm. like by talking, telling you how to. So there is nothing being written about it, like a manual or whatever. So I'm still exploring, it's amazing. And then lately, I got a, a gong, a pasty gong, and then man, oh, then when I actually start to understand what actually vibration is, you know, start to like feel it, you actually can see the vibration, you can feel it on your hands. And when you hit your body, you can feel it start to shift in, it start like, to resonate with the frequency of your body, you feel those frequencies just hitting you and like you have not seen it. I can't see the frequency coming, but I can't feel it. I can't I can't feel it then. I can't feel them. So that's where you know I actually like took took something in my mind that like it doesn't matter if you don't hear it. If you don't hear it, doesn't mean it's not there. Mm. If then you can't hear any something, it doesn't mean it's not here. Because it's not there. Because of, as a human being, we have we are not able. We have a threshold. Mm. We can hear from like uh, twenty hertz until like sixteen thousand, twenty thousand, depending on our age. So we can't hear certain things, but because we don't hear them, it doesn't mean it's not there. So that's why some people are really skeptical when uh, when they talk about like sound healing. How can a sound treat me? How can a sound heal me? How can the vibration treat me? I'm not vibration because we can't see them, we can't hear them, so we say they don't exist. Mm. It's like what you said. There's been some studies done. I saw a couple of videos actually of these people playing with frequencies, and they have people in a room. They play. They find what frequency their body kind of reacts to, and then they play them these frequencies, and people feel amazing afterwards. But I've noticed that same thing. You know, with a singing bowl, you hit a singing bowl. It rings out and then it gets to a point where it crosses that threshold. You don't hear it anymore, but it's still ringing. Um, there's still a vibration being created. Um, and that vibration is still healing you. It's still yeah. with, your, with their own vibration of our own body. It's amazing. I don't know if you heard about binaria beat. Binaural beats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's amazing because it's actually the principle of uh, entrainment. Mm. The principle of entrainment is like when they discover it, they actually, if you take two frequencies, like two pendulum, mm. then they go at two different speed. After a set amount of time, those pendulum that will start going at the same speed. 
So will be they will be emanate the same frequency. They match up, and I think that this. So it means the one frequency will slow down, and the other one will rise up mm. until they are on the same frequency. Mm. And that's the entrainment. Entrainment. So what they do is basically they take the two frequency and they meet in the beginning. That's when they say like one frequency that they meet with our body is actually the frequency of a gong, a deep frequency of a gong or a singing bowl or a didgeridoo that it can bring over like on a theta state where we actually can we meditate or deep sleep state. Mm. So met those frequency with our body so it can really entangle and they meet in the, in the middle. So that's where our, actually we felt we feel that state of like calmness mm. Mm. of meditation state. And that, then, and how so does that, do you know, do much, do you know any more detail on how that brings about healing in the body? Like any of the effects into that? Have you dived into the mechanics of how that works? Yeah, it's basically, if you think about it, it's like different type of brainwave, for example. There's theta, alpha, gamma, mm. beta, delta. So let's say delta is where we actually really like excited or like we are stressed. So our brain wave is really fast. It oscillate like really fast. So how do you do to to calm down? Can you hear me, bro? I can you hear you, for... but it's we're good. We're back. So like what what it basically does. If you put on that level, you're on a theta steel, which your brain weight is really agitated, it's really fast, you can't come down. But then on the other side, you have a really low frequency. So it, what it will do that we actually match, will meet. They will vibrate each other until finally they will meet at one point. So let's say if you have one, how they create binary bit is basically they give you one brain frequency on one coming of your left here, then you go, let's say, uh, 10 hertz. And then on the other one, they give you another one that they go to 14. So it's actually different. So what, but after a while, what our brain we hear is one frequency at four, which is the difference of the two brain waves. Mm. It's the difference of the two generators of the wave, the, the waves that we emanate. If one is 10 and the other one is 14, we will hear one at four. And that will, that those brain waves will bring us into a state of rest and rejuvenation? And it depends it depend between which frequency our brain wave is. If it's theta, gamma, theta, alpha, delta, it will bring us in that state. Mm. And from there, we can begin to release yeah, tension and relax, mm. relax our body, our muscle relax. We don't have any more tension. Mm. We feel calm. We feel at peace. Mm. That sounds wonderful. We'll definitely yeah. have to get together sometime and, and play some music together. I feel as yeah. though that could be a healing experience actually and yeah. and, and sharing that kind of that collaborative space anytime and can play around with it yeah that sounds great man that sounds great i'm i'm looking into getting some more of those kind of instruments myself i've been playing the handpan at at um retirement villages and and um playing around with the idea of music therapy myself and I've got a couple of things, but I haven't really invested in it just yet, but I'm very interested in it. And I feel as though 
there's some there's some lot of things that you can there's a lot of space to be creative in that in that area that's unexplored and and these traditional instruments like you said there's not even a, a manual written about this about this african tribal instrument so there's a lot there's a lot to kind of play and explore and um just the just the even just sitting you know in nature and playing on my own it feels it comes back to that idea of feeling right it feels really right you know play, playing playing to the trees and playing to the mountains and and just just for the for no other reason just to create something you know yeah yeah looking forward for it bro to jam a little bit together yeah yeah it'll be fun what what scales are your handpans my handpans have got one inside minor scale and the other one is a e harmonic minor e minor yeah yeah cool and that's minor yeah yeah all right. Yeah, we'll tease something up. We'll tease something up for sure. I appreciate you coming and having a chat with me today, man. Again, I really do. I love yeah. it. Yeah. I love it. Thank you so much for tuning into this conversation with Danielle and I. Uh, you can check out his Instagram at Greco, G-R-E-C-O, uh, Danielle, D-A-N-I-E-L-E-P. So Greco Danielle P. Uh, you can check out his Instagram and it's amazing. He's got some really cool shots up there and, and he's playing around with his hand pan in some of the videos and, and the messages behind his posts are really kind of meaningful and, and, and they're cool. So do do check out his Instagram if you're if you're on that social platform and feel free to check out, I'm not sure if you're listening to this or if you're watching it, but if you're listening to it, feel free to check out the YouTube channel and if you're watching it, then just know that there's, there's an audio-only version available of the podcast. Um, I hope you're getting something valuable out of this content moving forward. As I said earlier, I'm going to try to add some more creative elements into the show and I'm excited to share these ideas with you and, and see how how you react and how you feel about them. I want to make the show as entertaining as possible, but while still providing value to you guys and learning in the process myself on, on how I can do things better. Uh, so let me know if you have any feedback and I'll catch you in the next episode.